You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with a new episode. Yeah, it's, we uh, missed last week, right, Tyler? Dude, like we're just missing all sorts of random weeks. <laughs> I mean, we we used to come with an excuse. I mean, this one is just, I mean, kind of busy. <laughs> well, for me personally, it's very hard when I'm. So, I guess I uh, peel back the curtain into my life. Like in about three weeks, I'll be playing a lot more poker, and it's been hard to like get fired up about doing a podcast about poker. Well, I guess what? Not been playing all that much poker. <laughs> Yeah, luckily I was playing poker, but um, like you said, super tough whenever you're working two full-time jobs, basically, right now for the rest of the month, so. Yeah, let me, I had a question, though, because I've been kind of, I've been kind of excited about getting back into poker, into poker and getting into the grind more often. Like I say, it's a, uh, in December, I'll be playing a lot more, uh, but I had a question that I think you would be really good to answer. So the bankrolls come up quite a bit from where it was. Like used to, like you know, we grinded up from one two, one three. You were you were uh, into like three. I was buying in for three hundred, then a little four hundred. Well, now the buy-in for what I am should be anywhere from seven to eight hundred. But I was going to ask you, since you used to play in these bigger games and you used to buy in for a lot more, does it look a little too proy? Like when you uh, buy in for that, like if you're buying in at seven fifty at a three at a like a one three table, does it change how people play against you, or should you just buy in for like five hundred because it's less inconspicuous, it's more inconspicuous? Um, I think there's a number of variables with this. One, depending on how deep the game is. I mean, if everyone is sitting there with seven hundred and you buy in for a thousand, not that weird. That's true. That's a good point. If everyone's sitting there with two hundred dollars and you buy them for seven fifty, it's a little odd. Yeah, very, very true. Um, okay, let's okay, let's split it. Give me, let's do this. What if I'm buying into like a eight handed game? Two people have like nine hundred or so, and the rest of the table is kind of like around that. You know, you know how tables are. One person, two people have sixty bucks. Uh, and the rest, you know, and the rest of them have like two or three hundred or something like that. Wait, wait, say it one more time. So, how much is how much are the deep stacks? Let's say the two deep stacks. Let's put, let's just call it a thousand. Okay. And everybody, like, there's gonna be two stacks that are like, you know, like sixty-five bucks playing super short, and then the rest of the table, kind of in that average, maybe a hundred fifty to three fifty range. Mm-hmm. Like, how much would you nor would you normally uh, buy in at that point? I would just match the big stack. Okay. I mean, I would just do the thousand. And what I would do, like, to kind of avoid that pro-y look or whatever, would be to kind of give action some spots that you normally wouldn't. Remember how I used to always say, like, you would lose, like, let's say 50, 60 bucks or whatever, but to kind of give that image? Yeah. That's when that would really come into play. Whenever you're playing, you know, $1,000 deep, 1500 deep, to where, like, if you you know, kind of show that you're not that grinding pro, then sometimes you can stack off with the other guy for a thousand when you have the nuts. Well, I, I think I kind of use that as like my button and cutoff raises. Cause I notice like it, the players who are really good will know what's going on. But like, 
lot of I'm, probably more often than not any suited hand I'm raising the button if it gets to me well if it goes to showdown I'm showing like something like 8-4 suited like all the non-pro players, for the most part, are going to just be like, oh, he's playing garbage. They're not really going to put position. They don't really consider position when they're at looking at these raises. So I kind of use that kind of naturally on, like, the cutoff and the button and hoping some of them he, he's, some of them will go to showdown at some point. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, giving action in the sense, like, blind betting whenever you're under the gun straddle whatever you know calling a bet you know doing something to where like it's very obvious and it's definitely a negative ev thing but it definitely does not paint you in the pro category whenever you sit down and do that and then you can play tight for hours on end but i've definitely noticed that kind of helped like yeah. i'm not talking about i just like, think it's, i think the line of overdoing it becomes very very subjective there right for sure but yeah. i just I mean, sometimes you win, oddly, but... <laughs> That's true. That is a good point. <laughs> I mean, sometimes some of these are really bizarre. Like, I mean, shoot, I actually have one that I did um, this last session that, like, the game was good. I was trying to give action, so I I squeezed three-bet gigantic with... Because I knew the guy was opening light because he was in, like, kind of a spot where he was going to open light. So I three bet him was seven five offsuit and got everyone to fold and he folded and I just got to show it face up. Guess who got all the action they could handle that night? Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> so I mean I'm talking about kind of stuff like that. You know, I only made it like seventy five dollars. Right. But I mean that's because I was too concerned about that when I was buying in deep was like, you know, is anyone going to give me any action? And if you just play kind of like what you're describing, yeah, no, you don't get that much action. Correct. Which I guess and here's the other thing. Does it matter? Because like, if, you're, if you're playing balanced, if nobody's giving... Well, one, is like Texas. I'm never really concerned about people giving me action. People <laughs> fucking stack off for top pair for everything. But I, like I will say, it can change the image. But here's the thing, is if you're playing fairly balanced and they're folding too much for you, I, I mean, don't you just run over them with bluffs? Yeah, I think, I mean, trying to bluff at the, in Texas is tough sometimes. But, um, well, uh, yeah, but I'm talking, <laughs> if we're saying that they're not going to give enough action and they're going to play too tight, then that would be the obvious exploit on there, right? Yeah, I mean, you could try. But, um, what I would, I mean, sure. <laughs> but, like, what I would normally do was, um, Thank, like, Joe Buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want, I guess. But, like, some things that I would do to avoid that pro look, though, okay, I would purposely say things wrong, like sets and trips. I would say them backwards on purpose. I would purposely do something wrong, like bet an, a weird amount or something like that. Like, that was definitely part of the game when I was doing it. I would purposely say things that were incorrect. I would purposely say things like you like to correct people on odds. I would purposely say wrong odds. I would purposely say something that's not right. That's a really good idea, actually. And I would do it oh, all I, the time. I, kinda, I do like that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like you like to correct people and call odds. I like to purposely say I'm wrong. Yeah, so, it's a. So that's that's the difference, right? That's kind of more what I'm talking about. Whenever I say like to do, there's different things you can do to avoid that pro look. Yeah, that's yeah. That I do like. I do like that, and I like 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 if you're playing deep deep enough. I still like some of your other things as far as like a blind bet or something. Because if it's ten dollars, but you're playing a thousand dollars deep, 
And at yeah. that point, it's such such a low percentage that it ceases to matter. Well, and here's the other thing, too, is like whenever someone sees you do that, sometimes like the mega fish will take it overboard and they'll start doing crazy stuff. That's kind of the other thing is like if you can get like you get some of these guys who are like super whales, right? Because I would get guys who, you know, they own their own business. They only want to go to have fun. They do not care if they're winning. They don't care. They don't care about anything. They just want to have a good time. So if you're going to give them that good time, like you'll, you'll, you'll kind of play the game with them. Like, sure, you know, you'll lose, you know, sometimes, but he might, but you know, I've been in games where I've seen like that mega whale lose $5,000 in a one, three game. Yeah. Just having a good old time. Oh yeah. (laughs) So it's just, it's kind of trying to find that balance of giving action to kind of the right people though. If you kind of get what I'm saying, like, no, that definitely makes sense. You're not trying to give action to other like yeah. studied players. You're giving action to the people who are having who are the third drink and having and celebrating their night off. Yeah, exactly. So there's those type of things that you can do. And those are the kind of people that you blind bet or blind call or something. You don't do it versus other grinders. Yeah. that No, that makes a ton of sense because other grinders knew what I'm doing. They know, I know the difference between a set and trips and I, you know, call out, I don't remember like, you know, whatever flush or like no pair board and tall on a full house, just all sorts of random stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, they know they play with me a bunch of times. They know I've, they've seen these tricks before. Right. But that's, that's just kind of some of the things I would do. That's, that's, those are all good advice. Cause I was thinking about that. I was like, well, like usually when I see stat like stacks as someone buying in fairly large, it's like, I, you, there's two people who do it. There's either the pro type player who it's like a small portion of his bankroll, or there's a player who's kind of like, you know, just a good time, but has a lot of money to deal. The problem being is when grinders try to act that way, it doesn't really, it, it really doesn't work. Yeah. Because kind of like you said, they're trying to push an edge to where they're still playing correct. Yeah, exactly. That, kind of, that's so, what I was saying. You can do what you want. You can try to do that, but that's not what I'm talking about. Because yeah. people are catch on to that. Like whenever you're like, I'm betting eight four suited on the button. Well, the, a fish player isn't really. They're not that. They're not that. Um, sorry, they don't see that quite like they do you blind betting them or blind raising them or something like that. Oh no, a hundred percent. I definitely like, believe there's I think a you huge over, difference. You overestimate how observant that drunk guy is who's on his third drink whenever you turn over eight four. I don't think he cares. I think he's you know, trying to find the bathroom before the next PLO hand comes. I mean you absolutely <laughs> if there's ever anything you're right about, definitely it's that. So that's why I say like using your button and cutoff range to try to make you look less like a pro isn't really the move. I think uh, I think for you especially, not correcting people on strategy and odds would be just so helpful with not trying to look like a grinder. Yeah, I, tr- I try not to do that as much anymore, but I used to be kind of bad. I mean, I like. I mean, you still like, do it, but yeah, it's like I think I do it less than I used to. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you used to do it all the time. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? I was like, you just get your Jonathan little hat on and just a little a little dry erase board and Clint's drawing out all the outs and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Uh, you know what would happen is, well, a, most of the time at the table, like nobody who plays with you would ever imagine you having a podcast. Right. Like you are super silent, super stoic, and not really doing, like, I'm usually talking like shit with somebody or something like that. Unless I'm card dead, then I'm just look pissed <laughs> then you're off. crying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of times that it, during that, like, a, 
the other stuff would kind of just seep into it without me really realizing what it was going on. Yeah, but I'm mentally taking a note of that. Anytime I'm talking with someone like that in the game, I'm purposely saying wrong things to them. That's kind of that's oh yeah. That's always happening. You know, I'm not letting you know me calling the odds that really happen like that. That makes sense. In that situation, because like you said, I mean, the, that is a big concern whenever you start kind of doing what you're kind of broaching now. Yeah, it's a because uh, now, yeah, it's makes so okay. So probably just it depends on kind of the stack sizes as far as how much to buy in, and then at that point, like you say, just kind of. Well, I would always buy in pretty deep, but I would just you know obviously there's when if the table is super shallow, it doesn't matter. You can always add on, right? There's nothing against that if someone sits down with more money. Yeah, I guess I was more like on the like the light terms. Like, would five hundred, would seven, like say I buy in for seven fifty versus five hundred? Is could I just do five hundred and have it look a little less conspicuous type deal? I think if you buy in with seven hundred and then do something, like it's weird because like you try not to seem like a dipshit, but it's kind of like you kind of want to perceive that you're just, I mean, just not a good player, right? That's kind of the point, right? Yeah. So you kind of do something where you're like, sure, you may punt away 40 to 60 bucks, but people are like, well, that dude doesn't know what he's, you know, that dude is just out there wild, right? Yeah, I, I gr- Well, like I say, it's very dependent on your buy-in because, uh, like, I, me and you, this is where me and you are going to, like, go different is I think, I don't know how much equity you're getting if you punt away 60 bucks versus and back and, like, what you're going to get called with sometimes a lot mm-hmm. sometimes a crap load uh but sometimes literally nothing as well so i don't know i like but i do agree like is it's if it's a small enough percentage of your stack it, let's say a 50 bucks let's say if you're playing 1200 deep it's not a big percentage of your stack at all and if well, it gives you that option that like deal. i said sometimes you win and you do something dumb and it, i mean I mean, bad plays get rewarded sometimes. I mean, I've done, like, really dumb stuff. And when, like, I mean, people are like, what is happening? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that's obviously not the plan. Tyler's like, and I do that every 20 minutes or so. I'm like, Tyler, you're just describing a shitty player. I'm like, Tyler, you are the way. (laughs) I mean, basically. (laughs) But yeah, but that would be kind of the, the my thought process on it though. Like, if that's something that actually concerns you. Yeah, that's a that was kind of that's kind of what I was getting at. I was I thought about that today, and I was like, well, that seems like a good question that you would really have a good answer for. Well, I would just like I said, I would just really avoid you know talking any sort of strategy at the table unless you're gonna just say something horribly incorrect. Like I used to just say things like eights are hot, let's go. <laughs> Couldn't fold it. Stuff Uh-oh. like that. So. Oh god, that's that's great. Actually, that's a well. And not talking strategy at the tables. One of the basic rules too, not to do. It's just a. <laughs> you just can't resist. <laughs> well, I don't think I talk strategy at the table. Mine's I mean, more so like much. no. I think you're full of shit. I think like no. I will like call out hands, or I won't let the pot get pushed the wrong way and stuff like yeah, that. That's not that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> no, I, I do not think. I think you are. I think you are over overblowing it a hundred percent. I mean, I've seen you at the table count your odds out loud. Seen that? That's not what you want to be doing. That's true. I've yeah, seen that no, a bunch that of times. Seen that a bunch of times. I've seen people say the wrong thing and you correct them. Don't want to do that either. Well, you know what I do? I agree with them. 
and tell them you're right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, all that. It's probably happened. Yeah, that's definitely all happened before. So, okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're at a poker table. It's happening. So, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> but I do have some interesting hands for you, at least. Thank God. Uh, Clip's like, well, I don't like this so, anymore. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get off this subject. <laughs> yeah, so, like, if you need a training website, I think. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Let's have an interesting one. So, there's a button straddle. I'm in the small blind. I make it $16. I just sat down. The game's pretty shallow here. That's that's why it's $16 instead of 30. Okay, button straddle is 1-3. Yeah, so it's $6. Okay, and you make it you make it 16. This yeah, it's definitely... definitely not the plan. I think I grabbed the wrong yeah, chip. I was I trying to make it 20 and then grabbed a white, but, you know, really yeah. trying to, but get three call. Uh no, oh, no, no. Wait, what do you have? Pocket Kings. Pocket Kings. Okay, you make it 16. Get five calls. I mean, which is going to happen when you make it 16 off of a button straddle. But, uh, okay. Right, no, no, but I'm, a, yeah, but I'm also in the small blind. So I'm first to act here. The flop comes king, six, four, rainbow. I check it. It checks all the way to the button. He bets $10. I call the 10. The other four players call. The okay. turn is a nine. I check. Then now a new player, a new player approaches, bets 20. The button calls. I make it 150. The original guy who made it 20 jams for 140. And then the button jams for 175. I was going to say I thought 150 was too much. Well, but, no, but uh, they, only, they only had 140 and 175 behind. So, Well, yeah, but... Even more so, because I felt like I could get the stacks in just easier. But, I mean, obviously, they have something to... Well, because you're blocking so much. There's mm-hmm. not really much out there. And, you know, it's so... Uh, very nice. I mean, like, well, I oh, I don't know. We don't know the results, but uh, you have River, the nuts right now. So. River's an eight. I win. Okay. So, well played. I, I was thinking, like, make it, like, 80 there. Yeah, see, this but, is part of that <laughs> that persona whenever I've played with these people before. It looks like I'm trying to steal it, I think, to them. Oh, 100%. It definitely looks like that. Like that. Yeah, they never show their hand. I turned the kings over right away because it was one of the ones where I'm just like, wow. I feel like I just have to be way ahead here. I got them. So. Oh, I, like I say, you got the nuts right there. So it's uh, 100% you're way ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's kind of an interesting one. So this is a PLO hand, so we're just going to kind of skim over it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I don't even, in my notes, I don't even put the bet sizing or anything. But basically, I flop top set with aces versus someone else flopping a set of fours. But the turn brought in the flush, so it went check, check. Okay. I river quads. But then when I pot it. And he and when now he has the full house. So. Correct. But then when I pot it, I also don't stack him. Because, obviously, we check-check the turn. Do you ever in PLO... I mean, you wouldn't... Isn't it so face-up? If you flop a set, you bet the flop big. You get called. The most obvious draw comes in. It goes check-check. That, like... Do you ever bet that turn? Or do you just... That would not be better. Never. It was just... Okay. I was... Like, like, PLO is such a draw-heavy game. I don't know. I think... Well, one, okay, like, let's say someone has the flush. I don't know how deep y'all are, but if you check and he bets, you might have odds to call drawing to a boat. 
But if you bet and he re-raises you, I mean, you're completely done. Okay, I was just, I was curious. Cause I was just kind of thinking about that hand, and I was like, are there, is there ever a time that I bet there would top set? No. Do I ever get taken advantage of checking and him being able to bluff me off because so my cards are so face up? I was just debating that. Uh, there's not, there's just not that much bluffing in PLO for the most part. And I know like other people might say like in other areas, well, but Texas is usually fairly face up. The, uh, if the obvious flush draw hits, then they're going to have a, a ton of times. I mean, at that point you're, you either fold or you have odds or you just kind of calculate your odds to, you have odds to draw to the boat. Okay. Like I just wrote that note down there just because I thought it was interesting and make a good, at least an interesting conversation topic. Yeah, agreed. But, uh, but I like the way you played it. Okay, because I always play it that way. Like, whenever I flop super strong, the most obvious draw comes in, I check, they check. Like, or they bet, I just fold. It's just, I just didn't know if there was any exploit there that we might be able to explore, but it doesn't sound like it. Uh, there might be, like, for, for a higher level, but I will say this. I think the way we're doing it is probably... Is definitely profitable for PLO in Texas, and I still think probably more profitable. What's it called? It's the less variant. It has less variance in the most uh, variant game. <laughs> so yeah. That, so that's kind of nice. So yeah. Maybe. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, definitely whenever I'm sweating the variance of PLO. Here's an interesting, well, it's not that interesting, I guess, but I'm in the straddle with pocket threes. I make it $31 over a bunch of limpers. I so get, you're, you're the button straddle? Yes. Okay. And I'm always torn if I should be raising with these middling pairs like this. Not middling, low pairs on the button when I'm straddling over limpers. How many, always, how many called your straddle? Um, We'd probably guess like three, three or four. I think I like just checking it and seeing a flop. Yeah, me too sometimes. But uh, I raised to 31. Well, well, I mean, my theory is that a lot of people, if you're going to get called a lot, then, I mean, like, I would much rather have just l- more implied odds of being playing a, a smaller a smaller pot where I'm not risking as much. And then, like, if I hit big and they had, like, if I hit set to a top pair, I mean, well, then, I mean, we can go crazy with the betting. But that's fine. I get jammed on for... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for $75, everyone else folds. I call. Uh, I'm up against Ace King, and I win. So that was nice. That was nice. I did like the call after you, uh, if you got jammed on for $75. Yeah. Uh, weird weird way to play Ace King onto a straddle pot with very, very <laughs> with a low stack and not... <laughs> seems like you'd be raising there, but okay. That's, glad, you, glad you ended up winning that hand. <laughs> Me too. Um, I got set over set in, in a bomb pot. That was sad, tragic for me. Uh, I lost one hundred twenty-five dollars. That's all I put. <laughs> That's gonna happen. And set over. I mean, actually, sounds like a great bomb pot for you if uh, you got set over set. And that's all you lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, I so remember how last week we had that awesome double board bomb pot where I had aces and a nut flush draw and everything else. Remember uh, that? Yeah. And I scooped this giant pot. Um, same exact situation, except for I lost both boards today. 
Well, variants will even out. <laughs> yeah. I flopped top set, the nut flush draw, with the pocket aces and lost both boards. That's all I put. And it was for quite a bit of money. I was pretty sad about that whole situation. Uh, everything about that statement seems like it would be for quite a bit of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> These details of your notes... Phenomenal. Well, I mean, well, they're bomb pots, though. Like, I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, they don't. Uh, they don't convert well to a podcast. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, though. Whenever I lose, like, I mean, I end up losing like three fifty, four hundred dollars. Definitely feel like we need to include it at some point. Yeah, it definitely needs to tell the story of the session. It's not really. We're not really analyzing as much as like just using it to like kind of exactly ex- explain how the session like. You you lost shitloads, and we went over two hands and what you won. Yeah. Exactly, because guess what? The next hand, I'm going to win. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely need to paint this picture. Um, well, actually, here, let me see. Um, I got aces to kings. and um, So it was one of those ones where I did. So how did the betting go? I three bet and the person only called and it looked like they wanted to raise. So we're heads up, right? Okay. So I three bet they call, even though it looks like they want a four bet, but they haven't, this is someone who's been like limping a lot of pots, right? Okay. This is their first big bet. And it was like a really big bet. So then I three bet them and they only call. Okay. And this person's pretty deep at this point. And what do you have again? Aces. Okay. So I three bet they call. The flop comes all low cards, but two hearts. All low cards. It's like, you know, like whenever it's a three bet pot. Do you have the ace of hearts? um, No. Okay. But whenever it's um, like this situation, I'm already assuming it's like jacks, queens, kings. Okay. Like out of this type of player, right? So, I mean, this is a great flop for something like that where, I mean, y'all both have an over pair. Correct. So I do like the classic down bet here. That's what I was kind of thinking. Are you in position or out of position? I am. Let me think. So I three bet them, so I'm going to be in position here. Okay. So, yeah, uh, about a, yeah, classic down bet, about third pot is about what I would go to. That's so. exactly what I did. They call. The turn brings in the most obvious draw, the flush, right? Okay. Um, But it's also low. It's like... Three, eight, four, something like that. Okay. Um, this actually. How did the betting go here? This card killed the action. Um, oh, no, 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 no. It did not bring in the most obvious draw. This was the problem. I turned a set. That's what it was. Oh, well, yeah, I can see where that would kill the action. That's yes. what killed the action. So I actually check here because I was like, well, it's a draw-heavy board, but I don't think they ever have a flush draw here. I think they have kings, queens, jacks. So if I check here, it makes it look like I, too, don't have an ace is what I was thinking. I don't mind this. I kind of like this play. Um, The turn, complete brick. So now we're looking at just an ace-high board with a missed draw. They check. I bet not even that much, like $200 into this pot, which was um, probably like three-fourths pot. Okay. And they hum and haw and hum and haw, and they're like, do you really have an ace? And uh, they call, 
and um, they had kings. Yeah, that ace could have really dicked you. Yeah, how could it have? It did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It's, uh, that's, I mean, like, so many things are weird about this hand. The fact that you didn't get four bet here. Is, like I said, it looked like they wanted a four bet real bad. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I definitely like where your head was at, that the, the like, the draws really didn't matter there, because they don't, I, I agree, I don't think they ever really do much. Oh, I mean, you're the one who's really been preaching that to me. Yeah. Because that used to be my always my argument in all these situations to size up. Would yeah. be like, well, look how draw heavy it is. Like, seven eight is there, or two hearts are there. Where you're like, well, in a three bet pot, how many people ever have? You'd have to have exactly like ace king of hearts or ace queen of hearts, or but whoever is also calling it three bet with like eight seven. Whenever you're like a hundred big blinds deep, no one. So it's not really something you have to worry about. Yeah, it's a the, people are more scared of the flush than they really need to be in those situations. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, it'll happen. Like it's one. Well, I mean, I'd say when it's heads up, you really it's hard to make a flush, and people immediately give credit when that flush draw hits. Uh, now, if you're playing in a four way pot and you bet the flop, and there's three callers at that point, yeah, absolutely. That 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 the uh, that turn card, it's gonna be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I ended up booking a small loss on the day on that one. But guess what? The day, far from over. I just switched rooms. <laughs> oh, I remember this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Tyler was not getting any poker in, and just got all of it in on one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me look. So, I mean, I got trash in a bomb pot again. I mean, guy flopped a set on both boards. I flopped open-ended with a flush draw on both boards and brick-bricked, and that was kind of expensive. Exactly. Like I said, bomb pots. I, the notes are just, you know, I just say yeah, I just say I lost a bunch on it is basically the moral of the story on it. Yeah, agreed. And so, I mean, even PLO hands are pretty tough in a podcast. Uh, I mean, PLO bomb pots is just almost impossible. <laughs> I mean, here was a super kind of sad situation. Uh, oh, no, no. This one isn't sad. This is this one's pretty good. So I raise ace-queen of diamonds from early position. No, sorry, from late position. Late position. You raise or is this a three bet? Uh, I think it went limp-limp, and then I made it 20. Okay, I can get behind this. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I make it 20, we get two callers, the flop comes ace, three, four with one diamond, rainbow, so it's diamond heart club, <laughs> in my notes I have ace of diamonds, but definitely not, because <laughs> I have the ace queen of diamonds, so let's say it's ace of hearts, three of diamonds, four of clubs. Okay. Um, but the small blind donks 25 into me. I only call. I think I like the call. I okay. call. The other guy folds. Now we're heads up. The turn is the five of diamonds. So now I have top pair with ace, queen. So I have the ace. But any deuce makes a straight. But I'm not that worried about a deuce. Seems like that would be such a weird donk lead. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm not too worried about that either. And I've turned now diamonds to go with my top pair. 
Okay. And I have a gutter with a deuce. Well, I guess that'd be the board, but Basically. whatever. So um, he checks. I bet a hundred. He calls. I like this. The river is the ace of spades. The trip aces. Yep. So now I have trip aces. So instead of hitting my flush, I now have trip aces. He checks. What are you doing here? Uh. I don't really feel the need to size up or size down here. Uh, meaning, like, so my so my normal bet would be two-thirds pot. Uh, sizing up, I don't really... I I feel like I can get a call easier from, like, an under pair, under ace, like, under aces. Uh, I think about two-thirds pot would be my where I go. So let's see. So the, I bet a hundred on the turn. He bet twenty five. So that'd be two fifty. So we'll call it like one seventy five, two hundred in the pot total, probably. Uh, let's, let me see. Twenty forty sixty, and then he bets twenty five fifty one ten, and then it should be three ten. Should be three ten in the pot. So I'd probably bet about two hundred. I check it back. Huh? And, yep, I check it back. And he has full house, pocket fours, fours full of aces. Uh, avoid disaster here. You did avoid disaster. I, there are so many places you avoided disaster because this guy played this hand so weird that you could have just... Because I was actually thinking maybe even raising the flop. Because I was like, is a set really going to lead out? Mm -hmm. Like a donk bet into this. And I would think... Almost never. Like, mm -hmm. strong hands. Donks usually are not strong hands. But I was like, well, you could probably play it cautiously, and that's probably probably the way I'd play it there. I don't know how you ever... Like, what caused you to check this back? Because I can never in a million years find myself checking this back here. So, how did you end up checking here? I was super suspicious of his donk bet. Okay. And then once he called the 100, I was like, this could be dicey for me. Is what I was thinking. And then, I mean, I don't know. Then whenever the board paired, I was like, well, I just don't think I'm good here that often. Um, how he played it whenever he donks 25 and then I bet 100 and he calls. It was just a live read. Yeah, um, that's, I mean, that was a great live read. I Like, I can, like, I can't even get, like, to a spot where I, like, I guess... I guess you could say the ace on the river is bad for you in a way because most likely the big hands that you're beating are aces with lower kickers. But, I mean, you're still, I don't know, still you're still pretty strong here. I, like, completely, that was a great check back in that spot because I 100% am losing a shitload there. Yeah, so that, was, that was a nice one to get away with. Still end up losing a little bit on the session. That was sad. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, like you say, losing the minimum sometimes is really important too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause we're all going to have losing sessions. I mean, it's, it's part of poker, but if you can minimize that, if you can maximize your wins and minimize your losses, that's going to be huge in the long run. Um, Yeah. Let's see. That hand was not that interesting. I'm trying to hit. I'm trying to hit you with the interesting ones before. Um, <laughs> I have one. I three bet a guy with ace queen. 
He jammed for 600. I folded. He had pocket kings. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely describes a losing session. So, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> All right. So, here's, here's going to be a really interesting. Really, this is going to be probably the most interesting part of the podcast for my sessions, at least. Okay. Um, let's see if I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> most interesting part. Tyler's like, I kind of had this hand. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. No. Um, okay. Let me see. So I raised a hand with nine seven suited. Okay. okay. Turn the nuts. Bet gigantic. Board pairs. I bet big again. I get flat called. Guy had a full house. Okay. Lose quite a bit of money on this. Have to rebuy. Right. Okay. I was like wondering if that was this is just context for the next game. Yeah, that's what I was getting but, at. That's why I did that's why I didn't go in too much to but death. But in this situation, right? So I turn the nuts, get uh river dead, right? Okay. Super sad for me. Was wondering if that was a spot I should go for value when the board pairs whenever I turn the nuts, bet big. I don't know. You know, kind of a hit or miss spot. But why I didn't have notes on that hand is because the very next hand, um, I add on for like 600 or something because I didn't get stacked there, but I did lose enough to where I was like, wow, definitely need more money than this. Okay. Um, th this, is, this is a tilted call right here. This whole play is a tilted call or a tilted play, but. That's Tyler's words for Clay, you're going to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. You're not gonna like this one bit. No. So, I am. I didn't even write down where I was positioned in this hand. That's how. I mean, so, guy makes it twenty. I call with Queen Jack offsuit. Me and him are pretty deep. The guy who just took all my money three bets us to sixty. The other guy calls is back to me closing the action. I call. Okay, I mean, yeah, like I'm not gonna ball, but go, go into it because you know I already hate that. So I mean, you already addressed that. So we'll go. We'll just go from there. <laughs> the flop comes, Ace King Ten Rainbow for the flop Stone Cold Nuts. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, let's see. I check, or the other guy checks. I check. The guy who raises bets thirty five. I call. The turn is the Seven of Clubs. He bet 75. I jam 455 in. <laughs> he calls me. He beats me into the pot. God almighty. Yep. Then I win. Well, that's the thing about having the nuts. He had. He probably had like ace king, right? He had pocket kings. Good God. You're, you are evil. Did he lose his shit? Kind of, but... The same thing just happened to me, though. I had the nuts and the board paired. I had the nuts again, and this time the board doesn't pair. I mean... I mean, yeah, but you're showing up with a hand that literally should never, <laughs> ever be... Like, Well, and don't get me wrong. I think it's stupid when people lose their shit on stuff like that because you want these, but... But, I mean, just... It's such a weird... Such a weird <laughs> hand for you to have here. It's Queen Jack offsuit. No, but I was like... I mean, he was he was definitely, you know, like the little tantrum. Like, you know, like imagine someone on the ground kicking their feet and screaming. Kind of like that. But it was like, I was like, 
You just got the money the same way. I mean, I just had the nuts a second ago, and then the board paired. Well, I don't and I know. Had the nuts like, again, the board doesn't pair. The did, he have not... a, did he have a set on the first one? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, definitely did not. <laughs> I mean, he called with a pocket pair, hit a set, and the board paired. I mean, way different than you calling with Queen Jack, Queen Jack off at a three-bet pot and flopping it straight to a set. Right? Very similar to me. <laughs> I mean, I had a straight both times. She had a set both times. <laughs> I don't see the confusion. So I had a straight both times, right? He only had a set, so I was technically winning both hands. And then he got lucky. This time he didn't get lucky. You're fucking evil. That's all I got to say. This is not an explicit podcast because I can't handle I can't handle my emotions anymore. Uh, don't worry. I beat you to that when we made this podcast. Told him that we were gonna have to be considered explicit. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad now. I was like, I knew these situations were coming. Yeah. Tyler's like, I pissed Clint off all the goddamn time. So why would I stop now? Yeah, but that was so. Well, I guess you see it his way, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was. I I told the person I think it's weird. I think he's being a little baby about it. I mean, oh no, I think I think one hundred percent anybody who cries and bitches is being a baby, and like a hundred percent, I don't, I I, I don't uh, go, agree to that. It's just Queen Jack is so weird to show up with offsuit in a three bet pot. <laughs> but I could have flopped a straight. You know what I mean? So well, you could have, and you did. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. if you're gonna flop a straight, you should call. Yeah. So, I mean, that was basically it. Ended up, like, basically breaking even on that session. That ace-queen hand uh, where I three-bet and got four-bet by kings ended up making me lose a little bit on the session. So, that was kind of annoying. But I also played a very short session. Those are basically the two big hands. Because, like you said, not like you said, like I said, I played one session earlier, took, like, a two-hour break and went and played another session. So, this one wasn't that long. Uh, but it was yeah. really nice to hit that or have that uh, queen jack hand hold to basically break even because I was kind of buried in that game after that. That's what I was going to say. I was like, that that game sounds like you really were just getting killed and were able to break even, which is always a really good feeling. Absolutely. But I guess, I mean, that's it for me if you have anything else. I've got, uh, I will say, I'm looks like maybe Monday I might be taking a trip to Lake Charles. That'd be uh, cool. And playing over there, so... You know, it's always fun because that's kind of where poker for me started. Like I would like the little bar poker games back way back in the day and the little cash games here and there. But I remember those trips to Louisiana pretty uh, fondly. So it's always nice to go back, especially now that uh, it's not a la Capri anymore. It's uh, now Horseshoe has oh, been remodeled and everything. Uh huh. I went right after they did it. Yeah, yeah, that's so nice. I wonder if the poker room still closes early. you got to be cautious of that. You'd be... It, it did then. Yeah, I was saying, like, still. Well, I guess you're going to be back early enough, so it won't affect you, but... Uh, I think Monday it might be a problem, because when we go there, like, I, I think on a Monday, it probably will end up closing, like, at midnight or so. Oh, are you spending the night? I thought you were coming back. No, I, I was going to spend the night up there. Here's the one good thing, which, I, for people like me and you with just the weirdest sleep schedules, it's going to be tough, but the game starts really early over there because like you get a lot of, like the retiree people so if you go to bed the game does start really early and you can kind of catch some action before you go home that's what i did last time that's true and like we're gonna i think it's gonna get there fairly early too on monday so i'm hoping to maybe go there like you me and both me and you get off monday morning so probably take a, a, a like three or four hours sleep go over there and if i'm feeling halfway decent probably gonna play rather than take a nap but 
it's a uh, get in there a little bit early, and just in case that game breaks and it closes earlier than I'd like. I mean, we'll end with this just because we can't just keep this podcast going forever. But I do think that those casino games sometimes are even softer than some of the games in Houston. Like, you get those people who just are there to play at the casino, like just blackjack and craps, and they come and just sit down for fun. I mean, you get some really fishy players there, like who just have no real interest in studying poker or anything. They just want to come check it out just because they saw the poker room by the sports betting room. Oh, 100% agree. It's Well, like and like you say, in Houston, if someone goes to play poker, they are going to play poker at least. Uh, yeah, someone can just be there and have time to kill uh, and want to want to go and play poker. Because really, in all honesty, it's how we started. Like, it was just cheap gambling. You know, you play poker, it, you're folding a couple hands. You know, the other hands are 10 15 bucks. It, you can gamble for a lot longer than you can at fifteen twenty dollars a hand of blackjack. Oh, Wait. I mean, yeah. And just think, I think the minimum's like twenty five a hand. It's something ridiculous. I mean, I just remember I've only played it so few times that every time I'm appalled that people can play at such high stakes and blackjack, and it's the minimum. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. It's a uh, so yeah. You're. I think you're absolutely right in that. It's. Like, I don't know, the action's great here, but... It's a you... different action, though. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's hard to explain. I guess when you come back, you can... I mean, I might just be way off, and you have no action when you go, but I just noticed it's just like those casinos are just a different kind of action sometimes. Well, I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping I get in some good games and... Well, I hope you win. That's why. I don't care if you get in a good game. I hope you win. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Win all that's the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, on that note, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.